Hello and welcome to our At Any Rate Emerging Markets Focus podcast, the place for us to discuss recent developments and key issues of focus in the emerging market fixed income asset class. I'm Johnny Gordon from the Emerging Market Strategy team here at JP Morgan, and I'm joined by Talas Padilla from my Emerging Market Strategy team as well. So Talas, thanks for joining. Hi, Johnny. Good to be here. So in our discussion this week, we'll be looking at the repricing in US rates and particularly in US real yields uh, after this week's FOMC meeting. And really, this looks like a further challenge for emerging markets as we need to digest this more hawkish reaction function from the Fed. Uh, obviously, as we have been writing and speaking about in these podcasts for really all of this year, our focus in EM fixed income remains on these big cyclical forces of inflation and tightening financial conditions, and obviously the growth cycle and growth implications of that as well. Uh, earlier in September, we actually added to bearish views in both EMFX and, and credit, uh, given what we felt was a, a contrast between the summer relief rally, if you remember that, and really a more hawkish Fed uh, since Jackson Hole. And I think this has been reinforced this week in the FOMC meeting, um, but also given some urgency by the data flow, which has been upward surprise in, in US inflation and a still robust labor market, uh, which is making it look like there is a bit more work to do here uh, for the Fed. Uh, so Johnny, what kind of moves have we seen in US real yields and why are these important for emerging markets? Yeah, so I'll come on to why they're important, but just to, to quantify to start. So we'll look at 10-year US real yields. These have now risen 120 basis points since early August. And for us, that really represents a new phase here. The market is really pricing the Fed uh, to be moving policy into a more restrictive territory. Um, when we look at the total move now, we're looking at uh, a 250 basis point move in US real yields, um, really over the course of, of this year. And that trough to peak, so they started negative, these real yields, trough to peak, that is now 70 basis points larger than the move in real yields, which really started the taper tantrum in 2013, which you'll remember was a, a pretty uh, painful multi-year period uh, for emerging markets. And the reason why we focus on that is it's a signal that the markets are now pricing the Fed to get policy into more restrictive territory. So uh, even earlier on in this year, when two-year rates have been rising in the US, inflation had been going higher for a while, the market was still pricing negative real yields in the US at 10-year point. I, the market never really expected the Fed to get policy restrictive, but that has shifted and it shifted quite significantly this year. And for emerging markets, what that implies is that US financial conditions are tightening further, global liquidity conditions are tightening further. And this obviously puts more pressure uh, on risky assets in emerging markets. And uh, obviously Chair Powell talked about some of the implications of Fed policy and the economic pain that, that may be necessary to bring down inflation. And the Fed looks like it is willing uh, to take monetary policy in that direction. And have EM assets sold off on the back of this? Well, yes, they have, but probably not enough. Um, we've continued to see negative returns for EM fixed income over the last month. But if we look at 
let's say local bond yields and we look at credit spreads in EM, both of them probably have underreacted here. So if we start with local bond yields, for much of this global rates sell-off over the last 12, 18 months or so, EM local bond yields and US Treasury yields really have done the same thing, right? They move pretty much in lockstep. But in this latest move, so if we look since early August, nominal yields in the US 10-year are up about 100 basis points and EM only 20. And this is really the only major divergence of that relationship that we've seen since rates started to sell off here. And similarly, in EM credit spreads, these are well off the highs that we saw earlier on uh, in you know, June-July period. We have bounced from the lows that we saw earlier in um, early September. Um, so we've been selling off. But as I said, I think probably not quite enough. Uh, and maybe that's time to, to ask you back, tell us about trying to maybe quantify that underreaction I've been talking about. We often in our models will use US real yields as a US financial conditions proxy. So what are these fair value models actually telling us uh, at the moment given these moves? Both EM credit spreads and local yields are now expensive in our fair value models. And one of the main reasons for this is because US real yields are a key component to several of these fair value models in emerging markets because they're a good proxy for U.S. liquidity and U.S. financial conditions. Given the recent moves in U.S. real yields, EM local markets uh, yields look around 100 basis points too low, and EM sovereign credit spreads look around 70 basis points too low. This means that in both cases, we're now at multi-year extremes from fair value. However, at the same time, when inflation is unusually high, the one-year-ahead inflation forecasts that we use in our models may not capture expectations of medium-term normalization of inflation required for these longer-duration assets. And so we're less inclined to position solely on local rates overvaluation coming from these fair value models. Got it. Thank you. So it seems like we are seeing things looking quite expensive in EM, but probably on the credit side, we're, we, we're taking more from that signal than we are on the local markets. Let's maybe then move on to, to what else is going on here. And one of the things that, that we've been highlighting uh, in these discussions is, is something akin to a buyer's strike uh, for, for EM assets, really because we have outflows which are continuing. Are these looking stretched now, given we've seen outflows really for quite a long time now? Well, overall, the outflows are significant, but until now, they have not been as large as a share of the UM as in other historical stress periods, as, for example, the 2008 financial crisis and the COVID shock. Uh, and therefore, this indicates that outflows have even more room to go, given the current headwinds. So, Johnny, question for you now. We are expressing this defensive stance on emerging markets more in EMFX and credit currently. What about EM rates? So the interesting thing for rates is, is there isn't another important driver which is, is going on at the moment as well as global financial conditions tightening. And that is the, the inflation prices. And actually EM inflation looks like it is starting to cool off uh, across regions. And the levels are still high, but the momentum uh, that we're seeing in inflation makes it look like EM Asia and Latin America, if you look at three-month annualized inflation pace, 
uh, it's getting back actually to, to 2021 levels. And that could extend a bit given this falling commodity prices that, that we've been seeing. And what that's meaning as well, as well as some of the growth concerns, is that EM central banks are to some extent not following the Fed in, in lockstep and charting some of their own course. So Brazil kept rates unchanged this week, Turkey actually cut, uh, South Africa hiked 75, Philippines, Indonesia, Taiwan all hiked this week, but by less than the Fed. Um, so that's not to say they're dovish in emerging markets, a lot of the, the rhetoric remains hawkish, uh, but it is becoming a little bit more nuanced and it suggests that EM central banks are certainly not trying to increase, increase that interest rate differential uh, against the US. So for us, on the rate side of things, given inflation and the central bank reaction function, it's become a bit more nuanced for us. Central banks may get away with that in less vulnerable countries. I think in those which are more vulnerable, uh, they, they may experience more pressure. Uh, and what does that then mean for EMFX? So I think overall within local markets anyway, we think that the negative uh, environment is probably best expressed uh, in FX um, in an environment of tightening global financial conditions and where EM central banks, as, as I've just said, are, are looking like they are trying to slow hiking cycles or, or even come to an end of them. And um, we have seen EM currencies weaken, but this depreciation has actually been less than it would have otherwise been, or it's been smoothed by central banks who, who've basically been leaning against this currency depreciation by deploying FX reserves. And if you look at the aggregate, this is now the fastest pace of EMFX reserve depletion for 20 years, if you look at what's happened in the last 12 months or so. So um, you've definitely seen some smoothing uh, attempted there. I don't think central banks are trying to halt this, uh, but they're certainly trying to, to make the volatility of the moves less. But these can only go on for so long, and these policies tend to be quite short-lived. So I think for us, there is definitely still room for further uh, EMFX depreciation as core rates rise, and, and particularly in those uh, large current account deficit countries. So summing up, I think this overall environment of rising US real yields, uh, as we've said, represents somewhat of a, a new phase in this challenge, challenge period for EM fixed income uh, as financial conditions continue to tighten, uh, to contain inflation, and markets are, are going to uh, try and work out what the growth implications are going to be of those. And it seems certainly for the Fed uh, that that is a trade-off that they are, are okay to make at the moment. So that brings us to the end of this JP Morgan at any rate Emerging Markets Focused podcast. Thank you, Tullus, for joining us today. And thank you all for listening. And we hope to have you back again with us for the next one. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please refer to JP Morgan Research reports related to its content for more information, including important disclosures. 2022 JP Morgan Chase and Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on the 23rd of September 2022.